Episode 222 of the Saturn Studs podcast. Deuces are wild, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Peter and Jake. Today we're coming at you celebrating National No Bubbles Day. That's right, in remembrance of our bubbles. No soda, no bath bombs, no soapy fun time. Bubbles are at home today. Celebrating with their families. No trailer park boys. Bubbles is he's, their mascot. He's dead. He got shot. <laughs> <laughs> he's the he's the national advocate. He's the national lobbyist. You know, the, there was uh, like a story. I, I don't know the legitimacy of it, but I kind of believe it that he like he got actual like eye damage. His like vision is really bad now because of the glasses that he wore. <laughs> They're Why would they use real man. glasses? Why wouldn't they just use fucking plastic? I, <laughs> I wanted to make it look realistic. They had because they had to get those nice zoom in shots where his eyes would look ginormous through his magnified glasses. <laughs> All for the shot. Way to go, uh, Bubbles. That's a that's a sag lawsuit waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And of course, as always, we're coming at you live from the Oval Office as we watch Donald Trump deliberate if he's going to ban TikTok or not. <laughs> this I is a very like important here. to Jake. I think it's we're on, very... we're all taking different bets on this. I'm very concerned <laughs> about it. That's how I go to the bathroom now. <laughs> That's how I get through. Do you TikTok yourself in the bathroom? I it's I, the only way I can poop. <laughs> Gotta put it on TikTok. I need something to distract me. <laughs> I don't need the constant reminder that I'm 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 going potty. <laughs> I have a hard time like using my phone on the toilet because it's just it's a very intense uh do or die situation a lot of the time. <laughs> Sometimes you take a hard shit and you get a yeah. soft grip and you drop your phone. <laughs> You ever it's, done it's, that? You ever just you ever just uh, soft hands it? Uh, <laughs> oh no! I've had that. You know, I've had that just like standing around in normal daytime, and now I have to. I now have to keep my grip while focusing on my shits. What? what you can only or, clench or one part of my body it. at a time. God damn it! Just lose. I've never lost like muscle control. <laughs> I've <laughs> then you haven't shat hard Man. enough. <laughs> All right, I'll go out. Did I? T- I'll get some. I'll get something to constipate me. <laughs> we'll get some big ones. Yeah, get some stool hardener. <laughs> Did I tell you the story of my buddy at the baseball game? No. One time. This no, has nothing that sounds to do like with an shit. Urban legend. I like it. <laughs> this has nothing Is to do still with life shit today. But it has everything to do with muscle control. Okay. I hope so. Um he, we, we were at the baseball game. And he got a beer, and he's just like talking with, with me and some other friends, and he's holding his beer, and all of a sudden he's just not holding his beer. He just soft hands it, and it just fell straight down. It landed on its base and just sprayed head everywhere. I could see <laughs> we that. Like, the only only way for that force to go is just upwards and just up and out everywhere. So we all just watched him as he just he just let go like he wasn't he was. He lost the will to live. I'm trying to think if I've ever Sometimes done I have 
I have concern that's like a sign of a major neurological disorder when I'm just like holding something and I drop it. It could be like a tool at work. I'm just like holding a wrench and my hand just lets go. I'm like, what the fuck? I didn't tell you to do that. The <laughs> only thing I can whistle, ever... Whistle lock switch on this. The only thing I can ever think of is is I, I haven't had like lost, like lose grip, but I've like clenched down really hard on something. Um, and that was when I was riding my bike when I was younger. Uh, I had like an allergy attack. And I was on the side of like a gravel road. And I just for some odd reason just went Wah! right on my front brake on my bike and went right over the handlebars it just like a spasm just like yeah Gah! i don't know what it was i for some Stop. reason it just braked and i flipped and i fell and i got ouchies now what if You're the terminator almost... had a firmware update while he was trying to hunt down Sarah Connor? He just he just drops his gun. No, it's like that's a good Terminator <laughs> movie idea. <laughs> Gotta update oh, Winrar. They did something like that in Terminator Three, but that movie's bad, so we don't talk about Wait, it. Did it really? Well, I mean, not like a firmware update, but he got injected with nano machines, and he like had to like reboot himself, and he like dropped his gun when he did it. So he wouldn't terminate John Connor and his his wife to be. That's crazy. That's my that's my sleepy Schwarzenegger, sleeping Schwarzenegger impression. Yeah. Um, Needs a little work. He be getting both the name, both the name and the impression. He my, oh, oh yeah, we should probably say yeah. We watched the Terminator from 1984. That's our, That's gonna be what we're talking about later. And uh, hot dog, did it look like a porn parody in the beginning? Yeah, I thought. <laughs> speaking of hot dogs, I actually speaking of hot dog, man went pat 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 pat. <laughs> I I watched this movie on VHS specifically to not be able to notice the age special effects as well. I own it on <laughs> Blu-ray, but I also own it on VHS, and I. Fired up the old VCR. Yeah, some of those special effects were choppy as shit. And I'm like, oh, we got claymation in here? Stop motion? We got stop motion Arnold in here? We got Chuck E. Cheese animatronics. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah. I was like, cool. Uh, yes, we watched The Terminator. What a, what a movie. Um, we'll talk about it. At any point during today's podcast, you never know when. You can probably guess when. I mean, we have a formula. We do it every week, but you never yeah. know. There's there's usually a schedule, but maybe one day we'll just throw you off and do Trey Watch last. <laughs> Finish God. with a with a hard close like the box office mojo. <laughs> Wind down with us. What a fucking finisher. <laughs> Not even like do the plugs at the end, just like fucking end yeah, after we plugs list are, off the plugs last are movie. Somewhere in the <laughs> just stop during a sentence. Um, uh, but we tra- do have some trailers. We, yeah. yeah, we we have a lot, and they're all. It's quite a batch. They're um, all honestly, they all look like shit. I'm mad. It, I <laughs> we, I watched them this morning after I woke up for the third time because my alarms were having a, a fit, and I got mad at these mm-hmm. trailers because I'm like, I'm not interested in anything. Well, uh, I'll start off with this one. Did y'all watch the Pinocchio trailer? The fuck? There was a Pinocchio trailer? No, I did not. Yes. So it's not a Disney reboot. First off, it's an Italian adaptation of the story. 
because Pinocchio is an Italian story, if I if I am to correctly be believed. Now I'm excited when you say that. Uh, please tell me it's a like uh, Titanic: The Legend Continues oh. sort of deal. Sadly, no. Ah. Um, uh. It is a little boy in in wood CGI. He's like, I want to be a real boy. I'm watching now. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's is kinda it like more nightmare? like Guillermo del Toro's version of Pinocchio. Is it as nightmare inducing as the live action nineteen ninety five Pinocchio? I don't know. I really don't know. Probably not. I've never, I've never heard of ninety five. That's probably something weird. But this is equally as disturbing, I think. Oh, we tell you get to the slug lady. Six. The snail people. The sneeple. Just like the, the way sneeple. he looks is awful. Yeah. <laughs> that was the 1996 one, which I was so, referencing. Uh, this is in a world where, like, like puppets being alive is like a normal thing. No, it's just no one. No one cares. No it's, one can tell he's a puppet. Or, I don't know. Oh, nose. I don't know. He goes to school and he has friends. His nose still grows though, so I'm glad at least they're staying true to the story. Oh, so oh I, I, get, like I know what scene you're at. There, there's a scene where he's at a stage yeah. show, and they're like and they're puppet actual like puppets that puppeteers are controlling. And it's like you're just like the other puppets. The uh, the movie I, is really a, a statement. And it holds a mirror to society and says, we're all puppets in our own way. <laughs> yeah, this is... Or some shit. <laughs> this is a horror, right? This has I to be. I don't know. I, it can't uh, be. It's just a, It's just Pinocchio. Just Pinocchio. I'm turned oh. off by it. I lost my job. <laughs> I'm... I, I'm glad? <laughs> I... I don't want you to get turned on by Pinocchio's wood. Hey, something about I seeing mean, hardwood get bigger. It's hardwood. <laughs> Anyways, what's better than that? An honest thief. An honest thief. An honest thief. I, I thought for a second that this was going to be a different kind of movie starring Liam Neeson, but no, it's 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 taken. It's 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 just it's, taken. Yeah. It's bad. I thought Liam Neeson was done with action movies. No, well, I guess he, not. <laughs> he was, but then he called up the FBI, and the FBI said, "Hello, FBI." I like that to turn myself in, trailer. in with my nine million dollars that I've stolen because is, of love. It's a it's appropriate that our our favorite I our favorite guy that I always forget his name. Uh, is here. Let me see. Um, who's our fucking Jeffrey, Jeffrey Donovan. Donovan? It's yeah. it's appropriate that Jeffrey Donovan is in this because this feels like a bad like a bad episode of Burn Notice. This feels like the the seasons of Burn Notice that he was the driving force behind. <laughs> yeah, this is one of Mike. This is Michael Weston before he he got like his assignment. This abroad. is what got him burned. <laughs> this is the beginning of that job. <laughs> so, so this movie, yeah, basically, we, we pretty much went over the, the gist of it. Uh, the a thief who stole a fuck ton of money gets away with it, and then is like, "I got a girlfriend, and I want to be faithful and truthful with her." Uh, so, I'm going to turn myself in for a reduced sentence. So, uh, 
I'm going to go to prison. Yeah. <laughs> He's still going to prison, but like, like I don't, I don't time? understand the logic there. Like it's the American experience. I'm really hoping she's going to wait for me when I'm in. Prison. I'm really banking on her waiting, and if she doesn't, then I guess this was all for nothing. But okay, okay, okay. I'm just nine million dollars poorer with a clean. You know, yeah. I guess. <laughs> it's like you know what I would do if I was a thief and had to want to live a quiet life with my with my girlfriend after in, after being p- pursued by the authorities. I would move to Ireland with them and and start a family in the Irish countryside. Yeah, that, and, that's a uh, burn notice joke. That was, that was the finale of burn notice. I was Spoilers. Gonna, I was going to uh, to try to make an Artemis Fowl reference there, but uh, <laughs> this movie's better than that. <laughs> or maybe yeah. it's not good, but it's better than that. Yeah, yeah. And, we have standards, and then, here. and then the FBI. There's there's some two rogue agents who just are like, we could take all this money. Totally like, yo, no one will know. We can totally take Nobody this Nobody will know. Not, yeah, not to mention And then they this, shoot like, another agent. <laughs> everybody's in no. Spoiler alert, everybody knows. Uh, I'm glad they showed us that and didn't save it as a as a uh, yeah. twist. Yeah, I, I really am glad that the trailer, the two-minute trailer, was uh, all about, basically gave away the plot of the movie. and It was every exciting beat they actually had in the movie. Okay, but... Was anyone ever really gonna watch this movie for the intricate plot line? <laughs> well, I would have at least gone. I maybe have gone like, "Oh shit!" when they shoot the dude. Oh look at that! You know, some backstabbing. I'm invested a little bit. But then, how is Liam Neeson going to make an angry phone call and say, "I'm coming for you"? With no, with no effort put into his voice with acting his particular... whatsoever. This is just Liam Neeson talking. With his particular set of skills, uh, I would actually like to see like the version of this movie where he doesn't get double crossed and he actually goes through the five years in jail. <laughs> nothing happens, and then he comes out and uh, his girlfriend left him for just like an average guy. And then it's a rom com. It's like I'm I'm not gonna wait for it. The thief of my heart. It's just a no, it's sad not even movie. a comedy. It's it's just depressing. <laughs> he, he, it's a really sad movie. It's just like, wow, he got like beat up in prison. Is like maybe his like parents die while he's in prison or something like that. He finds out he has cancer. He finds out, yeah, testicular cancer, prostate cancer because they didn't get checked while he was in prison. You know, like well, oh. I mean, Big Bubba. <laughs> Big Bubba checked his prostate <laughs> a little bit. Hey, brother, you know, I felt a little bump in there. <laughs> no, I want. Yo, dude, I you want to get that checked uh, out? Hey, I'm just, con- oh, I'm just concerned for you, dude. I'm just concerned. This, hold on, we'll have this conversation. Okay, yeah, dude, seriously, get that checked out. I felt it, it felt a little swollen, a little enlarged, so you might want to. Felt, yeah. I would, I'd rather he meets if it's gonna be like a depressing. Like life comedy, dramedy sort of thing. He's got to meet Steve Carell in there somewhere because that's all he does now. He does like adult dramedies. He did. uh, I'm funny, but I'm also sensitive. Space Force Force was weird. Did you guys actually watch that? I watched like two episodes of it. (laughs) Um, Did I finish it? I did not. I finished it. Yeah, I finished it. It was interesting. So, mm-hmm. as Liam Neeson gave up a bunch of money, uh, this random fucking family with their developmentally disabled uh, 
sister daughter <laughs> and kajillionaire fucking works oh, yeah. to get that money. Christ. What the fuck is this movie? I don't know. It's trying very hard is what it is. It's trying too hard. It's so it's, just odd. It's focus. Well, it's. I think it's focus features trying to be A24. Yeah. And, and not I, I doing guess. a particularly good job at it. So this movie starts out as like a heist movie and then shifts into a family of thieves movie and then turns into a like girl finding her way chick flick all within the confines of a two minute trailer. Yeah, it it really touches a lot of bases. Mm-hmm. Uh, it made me it made me like think of like some of like Taika Waititi's like early works too with like really dry humor. That like nobody will get, and you'll be like, huh, okay, right. Like between that and the and the weird foam symbolic through line, there's a pink foam symbolism yeah, in this I movie. I don't know what that is. Uh, it just makes me think like, oh, they're just they're they're going for something, but sure. <laughs> it's not it's not subtle about it at all. So like, I guess the the family like treat treated her as a. Uh, uh, like a coworker, uh, just another person who can help them hustle and, and make them money, because they're just like all about trying to hustle people. And you know, they said yeah. she she learned how to write by forging checks. And I'm like, mm, not how it works, but okay. Sure. Oh, I mean, you well, can. It's, I I would almost argue it's easier to teach someone who doesn't know how to write how to forge because they just say see these lines make these lines exactly the way that person makes these lines sure but uh it's like when you have uh you ever done that art project in school where you take a really complex painting and you have the whole like class break it down to little squares and each one each person draws a little square you put it together and it's actually kind of accurate and you see billy's and he fucked it all up because he messed up the eye in different colors it's like god damn it billy exactly yeah the grids Fuck uh, Billy. So, like, the fucking <clears throat> worst part about this movie, and that's gonna like make it so I could never take it seriously, is the voice that they have uh, Evan Rachel Wood do here, or whichever one. Yeah, what uh, is that? I don't know. Is she like supposed to be developmentally disabled? Because she sounds developmentally disabled. Like just her she's speech like pattern a, is weird. Like, I, I don't know, dude. It's just fucking. It's a weird movie. I don't think it's for me. Yeah, it's honestly a lot of a lot of stuff that they make her do, like how she's hopping around and trying to, like, doing weird stuff at the mail post office. There's like a scene of them like getting on a plane and and stealing like pl- airline food. Which I'm concerned about. Like, I'm just like, buy your own food with the flight tickets that you had to buy. Yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff to this. Yeah, and like how she's fucking hopping around. Like, the beginning scene, once the bus leaves, she's like doing some acrobatics that in no way keep her out of the field of view of the camera. She's just fucking hopping around for no goddamn reason. Uh, yeah. The one the one joke that really hit with me though was um how he tried to tell his landlord I we had they had to pay 
their rent in installments. Yes. That was funny. <laughs> I was like, it do be like that sometimes. <laughs> rent is an installment. It's a monthly. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to pay this installment and more installments. <laughs> it's like a straight Larry David like line there. Yeah. Why can't I just pay uh, you this month's rent over the next, you know, six months? <laughs> that's that's what they're gonna do with like all the uh, people getting evicted, who have to who have like five months of back rent that they have to pay. They're just gonna yeah. be like, all right, divide that up over six years, and don't fucking move. <laughs> yeah, it's um, gonna be an interesting thing there. Yeah. Uh, what's Speaking. not interesting is chemical hearts no yeah you ever wondered what a uh paint by numbers uh art book would look like as a teen movie it's it's oh. chemical hearts oh yeah i i got a i got a headache watching this i just listened i to didn't watch talk. it i saw the name on the screen i was like oh teen drama it, yeah. Dr- dramancy it, it, it is that's what it is it's a so um a fun drinking game if you ever want to get like schlacked in two minutes and 33 seconds is uh drink for every uh teen romance cliche you see in the trailer uh by my math you will die (laughs) by about the minute that's also a teen that's also a teen romance cliche except maybe not via drinking yeah, that Mostly would be... by a cancer or unspecified disease because people loved The Fault in Our Stars. Yeah, this is basically that movie, but uh, with less stakes because the girl just <laughs> has a bum leg. The girl leg. just has a crutch <laughs> and a bum leg. <laughs> like... She'll pull through. She'll just be a little slower. She'll just... <laughs> Tiny like, Tim's sometimes just gotta she make sure he has a good Christmas this year. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> she doesn't even fucking use the crutch. So I'm like, what? Do you just have like a a, a fucky leg and sometimes it hurts a little bit more? Did you twist your ankle at some point in the movie and you're like, ah, oh, no. You won't yeah, love me. Crutches to me sounds different from the from the uh, the extendo sticks. <laughs> the yeah. hand stilts. What are we calling those? <laughs> oh, for the people <laughs> The Timmy arms? The, yeah, the, the Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy. I don't know the what Jimmy's. those are called. What's with chemical hearts? Our the only chemical in my arm. heart is bile for watching this movie. Arm crutches. What are they? Arm crutches near they're... me. I don't know. <laughs> you in the market for some uh, arm crutches? <laughs> walking forearm crutches. Uh, oh, those are comfortable. I, don't know. I, I would do those. I've never heard someone look at a piece of orthopedic equipment and say, wow, that looks comfortable. <laughs> well, because it's like ergonomic, so it like cups your arm and stuff like that. Right. It's a crutch designed for people who will be in them for extended periods of time, such as someone who has a condition. Yeah, but it's yeah. like every time I saw somebody with a crutch in high school, um, it was like they always had to like wrap a towel around the armpit pad because... Like yeah, they weren't designed properly with your comfort, so it's like time to jerry rig up something proper. Well, I mean, 
medical technology was still in its infancy. We were still sticking premature babies into cast iron pots and pizza <laughs> ovens until they were ripe enough to crawl out. <laughs> their bones never hardened, but their spirits did. <laughs> now I'm just imagining somebody, the doctor with a, <clears throat> the doctor preheating a Dutch oven with like charcoal briquettes on top and bottom. And they're like, is it ready? Okay, you can have the baby now. Uh, there's no, a chance like it's going to have a lung condition. <laughs> They're doing like a, one of those Massachusetts like boils where they where they put the th- they put they take the whole fire pit and they bury it in the ground for like a, you know all day. They pull it out. And we've attached perfectly. a breathing tube so the baby can have air, and we've wrapped it in clay. <laughs> Time to it's put the, it in a brick oven. What the? It's a little baby snorkel. <laughs> this is the what we did before snorkel. we had incubators. I mean, was it a great success? No, like 40% of them lived, and of those 40%, 80% had debilitating physical issues. Burns and whatnot. But, you know, that's that's still better than 0%. Strictly better. Oh. Yikes. Yeah, uh, that movie. I know nothing about childcare. I have... Neither do I. I am not a doctor. And neither do these kids. And probably one of them will get pregnant because they're chemical hearts. I I don't fucking know why they're called chemical hearts. This movie would be better because the guy's like, oh, being a teenager is so exciting. You've got all these chemicals running for your body that can just lead to all this excitement and whimsy. And I'm like, that's oh. that's not how I remember puberty. Is, it, <laughs> is that the like? Is that the obligatory like professor or the teacher in class explains some kind of like banal thing that the student takes symbolically? No, that's the student like saying it as as a narrator. Well, oh. he also I yeah. think I think his parents had like the perfect marriage, so he's like has to constantly live up to like their idea of perfection in a relationship, and like I'm a level with that. you. I stopped watching this trailer a minute and a half in. Oh yeah, yeah. So at, at one oh. point he he like compares his love life to his parents and he's like, "You don't understand. You've never, you and dad had the perfect relationship. I guess they were high school sweethearts, maybe." Um, and then they have like one scene of like him hugging her from behind in the kitchen, and it's like, "Ah, careful! That's how you get pregnant." Of course, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's love right there. A hug. Uh, yeah. Um, bad. Bad movie. Bad movie. Bad Just movie. as bad as After We Collided, which is uh, what Toxic Relationships 101. Well, this is trailer two, so I don't know if you guys already saw this or not. I this is this I did not see this. Okay. I did not see the first trailer. All right. Uh, so after After We Collided, which apparently is trailer two, um, first time we saw it, uh, is a story about. A girl and a boy, and they're in love because why the fuck not? Um, but they're they have a toxic relationship, and they keep on coming back to each other, and he keeps on cheating on her. I can't quit you. And uh, I guess she like now they're finally together, and like he's trying to like make it good and make it right, but then she meets another guy, and he's like. Uh, he's like, I have no trust in you. Why would you do this to me? And she's like, What the fuck? Like you cheated on me twenty times, you dick. So, real good, real good shit there. Sure sounds uh, like it. It's not gonna give PTSD to yeah. anybody. 
who's had no. a toxic relationship like that. Maybe it'll be cathartic. Um, I I I got one. I got a trailer. It's for Batman. Oh, the Batman. Oh yes. <gasps> the, oh, I think the I, Batman. I, I think I saw something. Uh, Death in the Family. Oh, Death in the, the Family. The interactive Blu-ray. What? So, <laughs> so, yes. Let me uh, see if I can't. Oh, um, I guess look up the trailer. But um, so this is supposed to be, I guess, kind of letting you relive the original thrill of the death in the family arc where you could call in and determine Robin's fate via a phone line vote. It was also there's also like letter writing, too. Mm -hmm. So they use it looks like they're reusing a lot of animation from Under the Red Hood. I think this is the prequel, I believe, to Under the Red Hood. Well, yes, I don't it, think... it is, because it would have to be, because that's how that story arc works. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But yeah, but like the Joker's drawn the same way, probably same voice cast, and the uh, scene where he beats him with the crowbar, uh, reused from... <laughs> I don't think this is, although I don't think this is like, I don't know, I don't know if this is from this movie, or if they're just like using other clips because they don't have all the animation finished yet. Uh, that's possible, but... Uh, Okay. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm kind of cool with this. So at set points during the movie, it gives you a D-pad dialogue yeah. option, which you can. Do you want Robin to die yeah. or to live? She death. Press the button now to decide. Yeah. You know, um, I was a big fan of this with um. What was it called? Bang, bang, no, Bangarang was the ban- Skrillex song. <laughs> Bander- I know what you're talking Bandersnatch. about. It's the Bandersnatch. Uh, Black Mirror. Bandersnatch, yeah, the Black Mirror episode of Bandersnatch. Um, I th- I thought it was really cool. Um, my one concern with this is make sure the choices actually have consequences and it changes the outcome of the movie, that's all. Well, presumably they would... I don't know how much of the Death in the Family story they had written out before the voting happened, but they presumably at least had some idea of where they were going to go, yeah. depending on how people had voted, and they can just adapt that I th- into story, or it'll just all re- lead up to the Red Hood anyhow. My recollection is that they uh, were fairly certain the fans were not going to vote to have Robin live, because the Jason Todd Robin was very unpopular uh so mm-hmm. i'm sure they had that uh ready to go i'm sure they had like bullet points for like each way to go i'm yeah. sure but i i think they spent most of the time fleshing out the if robin dies scenario because pretty safe bet that was gonna yeah. be what was chosen um this although is... they did have uh batman or robin with the cowl at one point in this trailer, you see him like, I guess if Batman's he's dead or something or he's out of commission and Robin's got a he puts on the hood and he's Rob Bat. He's Rob Batman. Um, no, I think that was Tim Drake's Robin. I see. Red Robin. Well, there's someone wearing different, different the red and then the cowl. Yes. Red Robin. Tim, Tim Drake. Yum. He serves burgers at 
big prices. I've I had Red Robin yeah, once. I think it's Red and it was too much burger for me. They serve too much burger. I appreciate their unlimited fry. fries. Yeah. Not that good. I, I thought their wasn't fries were pretty good. Bad. I like their fries. It wasn't. I'm not a good. fry guy. I'm not I'm not a big fry guy, but I, Red Robin's fries, not bad. A little yeah, chunky. Yeah, basically crab fries. A little crisp. They're seasoned well. Mm-hmm. I'm like yeah. McDonald's. Oh, you don't like the McDans. You know, I, I, how are you? Where are you on the crispy, softy spectrum? Got to be crisp. Oh, they got to be crisp. I, I, I ate fries the other night from McDonald's, and they gave me like two fries. I'm like, I there's too many fries for me. Uh and I like got through like half of it, and then the middle ones were like soggy, and I'm like, oh god, like it just Wendy's. felt like I was eating a potato. Ever since Wendy's like, changed their like thing to like the natural cut and sea salt, terrible fries, terrible fries. They're really just soggy as shit, unappetizing. Like I don't want to eat a fucking limp dick fry. That's yeah. not what I want out of life. Now here's here's the secret. I enjoy a soggy fry. I like the Five Guy fry. I like the McDonald fry when I, I I like the fries more than I like their burgers, and I like the Wendy's fries. I enjoy eating salty potato noodles. My problem with Five but, Guys fries is that they're just like bag. Burger in bag. And take a cup, put your fries in the cup, put the cup in the bag. And then just take a handful of fries and throw that in the bag. Yeah. So I don't all the, the appeal, and right? salt it's and the, like it's, shit gets all over everything you have in the bag. Yes. And I'm like, stop. Anyone who orders a fry at Five Guys bigger than the smallest size is a damn fool. Damn fool. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't make any difference. Made that mistake. Like, they put your fries in a cup, and then they, like, scoop out another thing of fries and just throw in the bag. That's that's more fries than you'll ever need. Why would you pay for bigger fries? Yeah. Yeah. And and I just don't like the fact that I I get fry droppings on on everything. (laughs) And I have to, I have to I dig wanna, through like I, tons. Of, I have to dig through a, a, a dirt pile of fries to get to my burger that I that I went there I for. I see. And then you eat I the burger. I know what I'm making for lunch. And like ten minutes later, you're like, ah, oh, regret. <laughs> or if they're it's fresh like a hot fries. ball of lead inside of me. <laughs> <laughs> or if they're hot fries, you have to dig through hot. Ah, ah. <laughs> Burnt, scalding your hands on on leftover fryer oil. Fucking... Jake's had some traumatic experiences with Five I Guys, have. and then they then they charge, and you then like... he's had trouble at the burger joint too. <laughs> then they fucking uh, charge you fifteen dollars for the privilege. <laughs> oh yeah, oh the prices are outrageous. It's because they're like they charge you for all the toppings up front. <laughs> so just yeah. like here's twenty six toppings you can get for free on our twenty dollar burger. Choose wisely. Well, it's like I don't want half of these toppings. I don't even want. I, yeah. I, I like. I'll I'll take three of these toppings. Yeah, yeah. Let's negotiate the price down a little bit here. I don't want onions, <laughs> tomatoes, peanuts. lettuce, jalapenos, peanuts though. Uh, red onions, purple onions, green onions, red pepper, green pepper. I don't want like every single vegetable in a Wegman's produce aisle on my burger. I want. So I'm sure I want to see that burger though. I want to just look at it just so with I know all that the toppings. Done it. 
Well, not just all the time. Just the vegetables. Just all the vegetables on a burger. It's called a salad with a little bit of meat. <laughs> it's a taco salad. Called taco salad. Salisbury salad. Yeah. Uh, this is a uh, older thing. I saw it when watching TV the other day, but uh, I've neglected to mention it the past couple of weeks, so I will do so now. Uh, it is a television show called Die Hard, starring Kevin Hart and John Travolta, airing exclusively on the Quibi app. Oh, oh, Quibi, yeah. <laughs> I've I've heard that it's having trouble. Who who could think that such such a prestigious project like Die Hard would not drive traffic to their app? So I, I've heard I've looked into some of the uh, the issues with like Quibi, and apparently their whole thing is like centered around uh, short like medium form content, which is six ish minutes, basically right? YouTube. Uh, and like really high production value and apparently they they like youtubers reached out to them to like try to partner with them like really big youtubers like i think gus johnson was one of them and gus johnson you're like here we want to promote your platform like and make content for your app because they were like i think we'd be really good for it um you know i i put out like three minute videos if i had a bigger production value I could probably do more and and have like really good content, but they decided to go with like Hollywood celebrities, and it's like that's not. Right. I mean that makes sense because the average person is more likely to check out something with, you know, a famous person they recognize than a YouTuber who, big as they may be, probably pretty safe bet substantially less famous than. Yeah, a uh, Hollywood actor. Well, I, I don't know. I think see, that's my thing. Is like, where what where are they trying to pull the viewership from? And I guess it's from the the public. I guess because they're advertising uh, on TV, on broadcast TV, and I haven't seen a lot of um, mention of it on YouTube. I, we don't get ads, yeah. So I yeah. wouldn't get yeah. ads for Quibi, yeah. but but I mean, it's not it's not good content, so it's not going to bring anybody in. Well, yeah, so, that's the thing. Like, no, like, if the people, if you're, if you're advertising for people who watch History Channel at four in the afternoon, yeah. uh, they will, they will go on and watch Quibi. If they're watching Ellen during, you know, before, right after their lunch break, then they're gonna go watch Quibi. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what was the show that was on Quibi? Die Hard. Die, Die Hard. Yes. With Kevin Hart and John Travolta. With a shaven head, it They've, looks bad. It, I honestly thought it was another like fucking Redbox movie. You know, we've had success. Like we had B stars, we had Land of the Lustrous. CG in TV has come a long way, but they're going back here with Die Hard. The graphics on Kevin are just not up to, <laughs> yeah. not up to state of the art. <laughs> Yeah. Really kind of rezzed him down a little bit, <laughs> trying to save some money on animators. <laughs> save the frames. He interacts with the surroundings pretty well, but it's just like, you really take a look at him, and you're like, that's not a real person. <laughs> it just isn't. Kevin Hart, brought to you by Connect. I'm pretty sure I saw through him at one point. I think he flickered. <laughs> I really hope I really hope they have the good taste in, in these uh, 
racially tense times not to produce a project with Will Smith because uh, I don't feel like they'd be able to afford quality blackface. And <laughs> Will Smith's going through like his own actual like, yeah, drama real life right shit. now. That was a couple Man's weeks ago. Man's getting cucked. <laughs> Man got cucked by a... That was rough. You know, I, I looked into this a little bit. And like I did too, because I saw the memes and I'm like, what the fuck's going on with yeah. this? Uh, because fucking she called her cheating. Well, not really cheating. They took a break. I mean, I think they try to keep it out of the public eye as much as possible. But they like they they they, they have, broke. They up. have they a, essentially like an out of the ordinary relationship. Yeah, they broke up. No matter how you slice yeah. it, apparently she must it. have done something yeah. crazy. He was like really mad at her, and they like their relationship was on the rocks. So they they broke up, and and. They honestly did something pretty mature where they're like, we need to spend some time apart. And they did. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure Will Smith dipped his wick a couple times. And uh, Jada, Jada Pinkett Smith was like, I'm going to go and have an entanglement with August. I don't know what that is. Entanglement. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she called it a fucking entanglement. And everybody was like, you fucked him. What the fuck is that? So like. She had a relationship oh. with him, and which is nothing wrong about it. I don't think it's anything wrong. It's everybody, nobody knew, so it was like, holy shit! If, uh, so if they were still cool. legally married, it's technically yeah. adultery. Yeah, but, uh, technically, yeah. But I'm, I'm sure there, there's some rumors that like on the set of Suicide Squad, uh, Margot Robbie diddled uh, Will Smith. Oh, a hundred percent. I don't. They've know. done like three fucking movies together, and it's yeah. obviously they were obvious they were fucking. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think that was. I don't think it's obvious. I have no idea about this stuff. Come I don't on, follow you don't any see that shit. sexual animalistic tension between the two of them that you no. only get from bumping uglies. The only thing I heard about all of this was that Will Smith's wife was having something with like one of Jaden's like classmates or some shit. Yeah. He was, there was really they had young. a big fucking video stream about it. And will just look depressed the entire time. <laughs> like look fucking heartbroken. And people were making memes about how he got fucking cucked on and cheated or whatever. And they're, and everyone's like, are you fucking serious? Y'all, if this was swapped, y'all would be having Will's head oh, for this yeah. shit. That, well, that, that was what I, the point I was going to get to was like, if this was swapped, the guy would have been canceled so fast on Twitter because not only was the, uh, the relationship between like Jada Pinkett Smith and August a nasty, I think, or some of that, uh, was like adultery, but it was also, they had a 20 year age difference. The guy's like 20 something and she's like yeah, 40. This is, it's just like a personification that fucking like from South Park. Nice. nice. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's not a, unheard of. My my aunt Leah and Uncle Ernest have 14 years between them. What, and they've and, been happily married for a long time. Yeah. And I have nothing wrong with it because my parents are, are something similar. They have 11 years. And, and honestly, I think, uh, you know, the age when, when you get to that age. You know, we we're two consenting. Yeah, like once you're legends. older than 21 or like yeah. have your life figured out, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> well, stairs in Ma- the mix. Maybe if it's like a 21 year old and like a 70 year old, then it's a little like, 
Well, obviously, that's then it's just a, little, a money situation. Th- th- yeah, there, there's there's <laughs> something why, else there. There's the classic rule, the old the old standby, half your age plus seven. Half your age plus yeah. seven, yeah. So, like, but but I'm, I'm saying, if you looked at it from, like, the, the other standard, if it was, like, a 20-something-year-old girl and, like, a 45-year-old man or 50-year-old man, people would lose their mind. I'm... I mean, people give shit to fucking uh, DiCaprio for for that shit. Yeah. I mean, people are... Because he's always in movies with, like... He's, like, what, 40, 50 now? He's probably in his right? mid-40s, he's, I would assume. He's in his mid-40s, and he's got, like, romantic interests. They're, like, 20-year-old women. People give him shit about it for 45. all the time. So this is... We have fucking... We have a perspective on this. But DiCaprio looks... He what movie young. were we talking about? Um, <laughs> Batman? <laughs> Some mm. shit on Quibi. It was the Die Hard. Yes, Quibi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lastly, we'll talk about Antlers, which is a, a horror oh, hey. movie about the Windigo. We, yeah, uh, I think we covered this a long this, right? time ago. Yeah, but they what? put a feature right out for Comic Con. Uh, talking Wait, this more didn't come out Comic-Con? yet. Uh, apparently not. How? Man, that yeah, the the original one was nine months ago. <laughs> you know, if they had used Don Mahanahan's uh, seed, they would have gotten a clown by now. <laughs> they would have had a clown. That kid is a clown in training. That's genuine Don Mahanahan's clown seed right there. It's in my blood. It's in my balls. <laughs> Oh, uh, shit, I love that. Uh, yeah. All right. So, yeah, there was a Comic-Con featurette. They, they had the directors and writers uh, talking about it a little bit, going into, like, the background story. Uh, I guess they had a... I guess they had a, a Native American consultant, too. Yeah, one of the people in the movie appears to be uh, Native American. Maybe that's... Maybe their consultant was Native American. Or, or um... Well, uh, um uh, in the, the movie. actor was a consultant, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm sure, uh, especially in these times, that uh, being sensitive to the culture is uh, important mm-hmm. for, for 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 PR reasons. Yeah, I, w- I would think so. Well, you don't want to like make a movie about like this this uh, you know like Native American tradition or something like that, myth or something that's special to them and just like totally shit on it because you're like, ah, it would have made a cooler story if it was like this. So I, I, I'm glad at least they yeah. tried. We can only make fun of Mormons like that. Yeah. <laughs> and multiple consultants. Good for but them. But to be fair. <laughs> to be fair. Grilled Mormons? Mormonism is... Pretty silly. That and Scientology. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Before all right, we offend yeah. too many people. Uh... Yeah, we're going to lose all our Scientologist <laughs> l- <laughs> listeners. Like, oh, I, I'm done listening to this shit. <laughs> I didn't get to level three just to hear you shit on me. Shit on I didn't spend $25,000 getting to level six. For no. <laughs> What are their what are their things called that they get measured? Their thetas or fate? The thetans. Yes. <laughs> I'm losing thetans over this. I gotta go get remeasured. <laughs> I paid sixty dollars. 
Uh, uh, I guess that brings us to speaking of Thetans, moves us over to the follow-up. Yeah, this segment where we uh, look at the financial and cl- critical success of some of the movies we've talked about on Trey Watch, although a lot of these movies that are coming out now we have never even heard of, hide nor head of. Yeah. So. They're just happening. Yeah. Uh, in number one this week, we have The Rental, a horror movie about two couples who rent a cabin in the woods. <laughs> Wow. God damn. That sounds generic as fuck. Um, and, uh, you know, slasher stuff ensues. Uh, $403,000 in 250 theaters for a 1600 per theater take. Uh, in number two, also opening this week, uh, The Big Ugly, which just so happens to be our spotlight film this week. Every week on the follow-up, we... Look at IMDb user reviews from one movie in particular to try to assess the uh, the zeitgeist on, on the movie's quality. Um, they're often comical, but sometimes also insightful. Um, currently, out of 285 ratings, The Big Ugly has a 4.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Yes. And there are 11... Written reviews submitted by users, and uh, we're going to take a look at them now. I will bring you uh, some positive vibes about this. Uh, Jake will tell you why it's the worst movie ever made, and Peter will uh, bring you the truth, which often lies somewhere. I'll in the middle. split you down the middle, <laughs> like a log. Say it slower. Why just spill your beans? Yes. You spilled your beans. <laughs> Uh, I'll start out here with uh, Maangifk. He has a review titled uh, Slow with a Big Bang. Submitted July 25th. Uh, It's a 10 out of 10. This movie starts off slow and kind of boring, but if you are a real movie fan, you can spot a movie that will not disappoint. The characters are top class. Comma, by the way, the plot is not about Junior, comma, the ending is classic, comma, makes you forget about the beginning. Um, <laughs> there's no capitalization the you forget about the beginning. Good at all. Uh, and four out of ten people found that helpful. Somehow. Yikes. Um, well, Quenchow. Quenchow knows that it's a one out of ten. And he says, uh, another worst film, full of boring conversation and annoying overuse scene, avoid at all cost, exclamation mark. That was the title of the, so it's a, it's a little bit of a long one. Not too long, though. Uh, this film start with the narrator talking about oil and God and the introduction of three main characters, Neelan, Harris, and Preston. Scene! As turn out, this film is about Neelan. <laughs> Need to take revenge on Preston. This is really poorly written. How yeah. far would go to be famous? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> As turn out, this film is about Neelan. Need to take revenge on Preston's son, quote, Junior. After Junior causing his lover Fiona death, 
exclamation mark. Entire film full of boring conversation and annoying overuse scene. Such as overuse of drinking scene, overuse of smoking scene, overuse of the song playing at the background scene, overuse of the flashback scene, overuse of the searching scene, and overuse of the flirting scene. Make the film unwatchable. Overuse scene. I just want to like put in like inconceivable. All the action scene in the film have blood at certain point, but overall portray by sideways. Barely intense scene will blow up a truck. <laughs> at the end, Neelan killed Junior. Harris, Preston shot at each other and die. I would pay. Will and Kara escape with a plane. That's it. Another disappointed film. One out of two found the cell phone. I would More pay should've. so much money to hear Wallace Shawn read that review. Inconceivable! <laughs> so good. That was that was a good that was a good that, review. Yeah, that was that's that's uh, that's that was the made, only one star review too. <laughs> That's that's up there on the Mount Rushmore with our favorite spam account and the uh, how far would go to be famous in the pizza pipeline. <laughs> pizza pipe. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I just got Joshua David One's review. Uh, four out of ten. Ugly mess. From the beginning, there's lazy narration, lazy character introductions, nothing really happening. The women are reduced to objects. The men just kind of grunt and barely do much. Some guy gets shot in a barn for seems like no reason at all. A movie is supposed to be visual slash moving, but the characters just sit around the whole time talking to each other about the same thing over and over. There's no real character goals. Who's the hero? Vinnie Jones or Nicholas Braun? Who's the villain? Junior or Ron Perlman? What, Ron Perlman's in this <laughs> Really movie? didn't know who yeah, to root Ron for Perlman. or against. Huh? Yeah, Ron our, Perlman's in this. Our, our um, yes. favorite Maine Coon, given human form, Ron Perlman. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, Levin Ramblin. There's a guy named Levin Ramblin in this movie. I love it. Levin Ramblin was very underutilized. I was expecting an awesome Vinnie Jones versus Deliverance backcountry Appalachia violent action pact and instead got a snooze fest. <laughs> There's him versus someone else. I, I hoped, but I don't know what, where that sentence went. Uh, also, I feel like The Gentleman is basically the same movie idea, but done much better and with way more clever dialogue and scenes. Five out of seven. Perfect five out of seven. <laughs> Uh, I think that last sentence just that captures it for you. It's like, yeah, no, the gentleman just did this, but better. Yeah. That was a good movie. Um, all right. I got one from Oz Movie Watcher. So this man is either from Australia or prison. Um, <laughs> it's an eight out of ten. Another Vinnie Jones classic. Any movie with Vinnie Jones in it. Wait, no. Any movie with Vinnie Jones, it, it, you know it's good. I love his natural gangster style appearance and demeanor, spelt incorrectly, in his movies. Given his reputation of 
quotes, the toughest football player ever, ellipses, he is perfect in playing the villain. Good to see legendary actor Malcolm McDowell still going strong. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a stacked cast. Kind of. uh, and then he lists his other works, Caligula and Clockwork Orange. Uh, this movie is a bit of a change to other Vinnie Jones movies. Here he plays an aging gangster with a compassionate heart. A very good performance. This is not the best of this genre movie I have watched, but I do rank it up pretty high. I enjoyed it. Two out of four found it helpful. Um, Vinnie Jones and his immediate family. (laughs) (laughs) His one immediate family. So so Sim Sean, I, I, I like to think of this person as... Uh, the biggest fan of the three main actors, uh, so I I feel like this should have been a one out of ten because of how disappointed he was, but he rated it a three out of ten. I really wanted to like this, so I imagine these guys are his favorite actors, and he finally got to see a movie with like these three guys in it. Hey, <laughs> it just sucks hey. off his head. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Hey, listen. <laughs> hey, listen. I'm- hey, there were three of my favorite actors, Vinnie Jones, Malcolm McDowell, and Ron Perlman in a gangster movie. How cool, I thought. In the end, it was not cool. A bit <gasps> tepid. Started out well, the premise and the setup. Then it fell flat all the way meandering through the plot until the final shootout, and even then, for those expecting brutal, bullets flying, blood splattering, violence between vengeful hard men, Vinny and a badass Perlman, Oh, they were hard. You're gonna be disappointed. (laughs) Two out of three found that helpful. Yeah, I'd be disappointed if they were hard. (laughs) They were hard. Hard, hard men! Hard, hard men. <laughs> Hardman. You could replace hard him with man. a Maine Coon cat and nobody would have known. <laughs> hard Wait, was hard Ron Pullman the guy we made the joke about who like had the cock ring and <laughs> used to as a pogo stick to go around? Uh, I vaguely I remember that. <laughs> I vaguely remember telling that joke. <laughs> that fucking sounds amazing. Boy, like a cock ring tigger? Yeah, he just like used it as a pogo stick to fucking (laughs) commute for his day. The ribs spring up like a fucking accordion. It's like the ball scene in South Park where they're using a Mississippi house. Dude, Ron Perlman commentary. I started Pacific Rim. Go back through the archives and. and find it. I'm sure that it's I'm sure it's in there. We've talked about Ron Perlman a lot on this show. <laughs> More than oh, I think most what people. What would spark that? I'll Him or in. Danny DeVito. We were probably talking about Hellboy or or his resemblance to a Maine Coon. Uh, Ron Perlman cat is the second Google search. So what about Cochran? Oh, sorry, Peter. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll get a referred Gary's uh, review here. Five out of ten. Two smoking barrels of rye. All correct capitalization. I have to applaud uh, that. Kudos. Yeah. One clap. Um, 
hard guy Vinny, soccer player turned actor, just about acquits himself here. The, the West Virginia location looked good, as did the contributions of his screen partners, Ron Perlman, as aged London gang leader Harris and Malcolm McDowell. Wait a minute. Redneck oil man's leader, Preston. The clash of culture between limey metropolitan gangster and backwoods oil man with an unexpected ecological and ideological tinge was always going to be a pretty difficult one, as it proved. The real disappointment here was the plot, which started okay enough, but really was grasping for straws a long time before the last reel of the film. 11 out of 15. I think helpful. you fucked that. That is that is a review that wears a button-down shirt and khakis <laughs> yeah. and loafers. But I, I think you fucked up the uh, the characters, because why the hell would Ron Perlman play the guy from London and Malcolm McDowell play the guy from West Virginia? I, I, I feel like he... Let's look at, I'm going to look at the cast for the movie. I feel like he mixed that up. Um... Yeah, so so Vinny, Vinny no, is Neil. No, Ron Perlman is Preston. Uh, yeah, Malcolm it wasn't Preston. Harris. Preston was Ron Perlman. I don't know. I don't know if. Well, just from the uh, just from the picture, it looks like Ron Perlman is from West Virginia. He's got a he's got a cowboy hat and a and a rifle on his shoulder. Sunglasses. He might be the Londoner. I'm not sure. <laughs> you could say he's got a big iron on his hip. <laughs> big iron on his hip. Yeah. So uh, in the poster here, Ron Perlman wears a cowboy hat, sunglasses, a plaid button-down shirt, and is holding a rifle. And Malcolm McDowell is wearing regular glasses, a suit, and is holding a nine uh, millimeter pistol of some sort. Which one you think is from West Virginia? I hundred percent think. Yep. Ron Perlman's the ignoring Londoner. the fact that <laughs> Falcon McDowell is actually English. What I want to know is who named this movie? Who is like, let's call it the Big Ugly? They saw Vinnie Jones's face and they're like, eh. Just it fits. I'm. I can't think about the title of this movie. I gotta finish this bong rip. Um. Relic. That's my bong rip sound. It sounds like an air compressor. <laughs> Sorry, mine sounds like a cat. Um, I know weed. Relic is in third, uh, down 61% to 63K in 85 theaters. The Wretched enjoyed a 93.1% uptick. Uh, it's in fourth. It remains in fourth with twenty thousand uh, dollars. Followed down nearly seventy-seven percent to six thousand dollars. Becky down thirty-four percent to forty-two hundred dollars. The guest artist down forty-one point five percent to five hundred and eighty-five dollars. The truth down seventy-three point two percent to five hundred sixty-five dollars. And the painted bird. Uh, up 18.4% uh, to $535, and that rounds out the top nine movies, as there are only oh. nine listed. Rough. Rough. Rough around rough. the edges. Rough. Like uh, Battletoads was rough on controllers back in the day, and it's coming back. Rare. You remember Rare. Uh, yeah. The great, the great game developer that was turned into a Kinect shovelware maker by oh, Microsoft. So uh, mad. 
Turns out they're getting back in the actual video game game and uh, are expected to release their uh, Battletoads reboot on August 20th. It will be part of the Xbox Game Pass service, allowing subscribers to download the game for free on day one. PC players will have the option to download the game through Windows 10 itself or Steam. Uh, It is being developed by uh, Dalala Studios in partnership with Rare. Uh, So I guess Rare is only on here uh, symbolically. Hmm. I don't think anyone who worked on the original Battletoads is still employed at Rare. Yeah, I was gonna say like because they haven't been like working forever. It's not like they they just keep them in like hibernation until they need them again. <laughs> we not keep like... them; they're frozen in carbonite until we need them. <laughs> later. Boys, we need you. Bring out Rare. Yeah. Battle Toads is a go. <laughs> we are needed. Killer Instinct needs a new update. Get Rare out of cryogenic stasis. <laughs> Banjo Kazooie Four. It's a Nuts go. Nuts and bolts didn't sell well. We need Banjo 3. <laughs> Banjo 3. Do it. Make it work. What do you mean they're working on ukulele? <laughs> Fuck that. What? Come over what here. do you mean? They were frozen. They got out of being frozen? How did that happen? Well, fire ukulele. the interns. <laughs> what the fuck is ukulele? Freeze them. <laughs> if it works so well. Ukulele is the Banjo 3 we ever, we wanted. Well, actually, no one liked ukulele because it was exactly what they wanted. They just didn't know that they didn't want that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But this new Battletoads game has a... uh, Like, Saturday morning... uh, Not even, like, Saturday morning, like, children's cartoon art style to it. Uh, Like, early children's cartoon. Weird. Uh, I don't know how I feel about it. I also don't know how crushingly difficult it's going to be um they they right. there's a lot to they have personalities they're not just i never played the original battle toads <laughs> well uh you wouldn't have gotten far <laughs> so i don't i don't really know like i everybody talks about it and they're like they talk about it with such passion like battle toads the best back in the day and i'm just like I don't know. Well, Battletoads to me is like just the emblematic of NES hard. Like, you know, if you got past the getting past the first level or even the first screen took a lot of skill. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Interesting. It was a very difficult game. Also uh, lives on forever in Botchamania because Bobby Lashley is a Battletoad. <laughs> um, Classic. Yeah, so that's coming. The original game released in 1991, but here we are. Almost 30 years later. Crazy time to be alive. (laughs) Fuck, I'm old. Yeah, Um, we had had Destroyed All Humans that just got released, too. I just picked up that. Um, I might have a review for you in a couple weeks or something of that week or so. Uh, Depends on how far I get with that. But yeah, Destroy All Humans, very nice remaster. I have very little recollection of what, what the original game was like. It's like only bits and pieces, so um, I can't really compare it to like the original. I just know it's a really good remake. Speaking of uh, cult classics, uh, Netflix has announced a film version of Beyond Good and Evil. Uh, as begun uh, principal photography or pre-production. Not sure which. Uh, oh, boy. But... Uh, Everyone's 
young favorite young photojournalist Jade swept up in an alien. You all know beyond. It's beyond good and evil. Yeah. It's the plot to beyond good and evil in a in a film. <laughs> See y'all in twenty thirty. Uh, Detective Pikachu's Rob Letterman has been tapped to direct the film. Uh, so, I mean, I guess that's a good choice. He's adapted a video game before to movie everyone who touched that movie is like you know how to make a video game movie now that people worked on sonic yeah but it's like the we just we just made another pokemon movie (laughs) it's like they were already established pokemon movies so it was this one irl live action had ryan reynolds i I would honestly think um, that should have been danny devito <laughs> I yes. will die. I, I would head. say Sonic, yeah, because they, the people who made the fucking choice to be like, we're going back, either who either set it up or just went back to the drawing board. Mm-hmm. However, that works if it was a conspiracy or I, not. I will always um, pedal that it's a conspiracy. Yeah, me too. Oh, <laughs> well, whoever came up with that conspiracy, they're getting fucking jobs because they're like, you guys, you fucking PR masters. But yeah, like what are you? You talk to your audience and and made concessions that made them want to go see the movie what a fucking redemption arc that had man like it went from being the butt of every internet joke to being considered perhaps the greatest video game movie ever made but that's so smart because every time you make a joke about it you know the whole all press is good press to an extent unless you're talking about like racism but like all all press is good press if they're making fun of it they're talking about your movie yeah, and and everyone's and you know what? like morbidly curious. All right, let's go see see yeah. how it how it turned out. Uh, are they gonna leave? Are they gonna leave in one of the old Sonic designs? <laughs> like, are they gonna get it all? And turns out, it was and all now, set up. <laughs> and now I'll never get Olive Garden out of my head. When you're there, your <laughs> family. The have, I, have I ever shown you guys the uh, the Conan remote where he takes Jordan Schlansky to Olive Garden? <laughs> I have. It's fucking fantastic. Uh, yeah. There was a guy crying in the commercial because it was the best linguine he had since his mama made it in the old country. <laughs> Is it possible that was just an actor? No, that was real. Uh, Crisis. Crisis was in the news this week uh, because Crisis released uh, for the Nintendo Switch last week and uh, just a. Uh, just to show you how far we've come in 13 years, uh, it runs pretty damn well on the Switch, even in, in as, as a handheld. Uh, a game that once brought even the, the strongest computers to its knees uh, has been able to, to run, run on, on console. Well, they got to run on consoles, which was a miracle to begin with, but now it's running on a handheld console, which, although... Although the Switch is a handheld, is significantly uh, more powerful than the PS3 and Xbox 360, which Crisis released on originally. Um, but yeah, Crisis is an interesting case study because um, the developers really kind of bet on hardware progressing a certain way when it like went the complete opposite way. So at the time we were still pretty much locked into single and dual core CPUs, but clock speeds kept getting faster and faster each generation. So Crisis was designed with the belief that in a few generations of hardware, you would have like a 
dual core CPU that ran at like five or six or even seven gigahertz. Uh, the industry uh, zagged when they expected them to zig and went with a more multi-threaded approach to uh, CPU architecture, which made Crisis still difficult to run uh, far into the future. And in fact, if you're running a uh, a processor that has a lower cr- that doesn't like quite hit even four gigahertz, I mean, you're not going to struggle to run Crisis, but it will it will it'll still give it a good workout. Um, but it's it's impressive that after all this time, a they would port it to the Switch, and b that they got it to run uh, as well as they did. Yeah. Honestly. Um, yeah, I have yet to see like Skyrim on the Switch, but I, from what I've heard is that it, uh, I think I think my my roommate plays it, Dave. Um, you can get Skyrim to run on one Joy-Con. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, he seems to, to to like what they've done with it. So, well, the thing about it, it with the Switch is that like it's two generations ahead of the consoles that these games were released on. Like, even if it's a handheld and not as objectively powerful as the PS4 or Xbox One, it's still a lot more capable than the PS3 and Xbox 360 were, which is what Skyrim originally released on. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I, I, I think that's a neat concept. Um, especially when these games have, like, a, they, they have sort of a nostalgia kind of factor to it, too. Yeah, so I mean, definitely like pick those up. everyone will crisis will forever live on in, in infamy uh, amongst PC gamers as just the, the, the boogeyman. Like, you know, the meme, can it run crisis mm-hmm. lasted for mm-hmm. like eight years after crisis came out. Like crisis three was still was out and people were still making jokes. But can it run crisis? Um, speaking of <laughs> hardware. The NVIDIA GeForce RTX 3080 Ampere graphics card is allegedly up to 35% faster than the reference RTX 2080 Ti in the 3D Mark Time Spy benchmark. Uh, that is quite a generational improvement, if true. Uh, usually, you would see, uh, I guess, the biggest generational uh, leap forward i could remember would be when we went from the 900 series to the 1000 series cards where the 980 ti was about as fast as the 1070 not even the 1080 um that was a huge leap forward last generation wasn't quite as big like even the 2080 super is still pretty much just as fast as a good 1080 ti um You'd have to go up to the uh, 2080 Ti to really see just a 35% improvement. Uh, but this is looking like it's a good uh, good leap forward. There's also been rumors that the 3060 would be comparable to the 2080 in performance. Uh, I haven't seen anything uh, about that yet. So we, we've had a lot of information leaked about the, the 3000 series cards, except... Release date and price. There have been rumors about the price, uh, upsetting rumors, particularly that the mm. cooler itself costs like three hundred and fifty dollars to make. Jesus Christ! 
So that cost might get passed on to the consumer in a major way. Yes. But, uh, what did the 2080 uh, come out as? Uh, 2080 Ti still sells for like $1,200. Yeah, yeah. It is a ton Jeez. of money. I mean, once once a 3000 series, 30, 30, uh, 30 series comes out, it should drop in price, I'm, I'm assuming, correct? The, the 2080, that'll a get bumped down bit. slightly. You don't slightly. see... You don't see too much because usually when they phase out a generation, they stop producing the hardware. So you have to, like, if you're, you're not going to find a lot of, like, major discount clearance prices on new 2080 Ti's. Where you find the okay. deal is on the secondhand market. People who are upgrading to the new series of cards will put up theirs to make some money back. You can get gotcha. some pretty good deals that way. Um, that's I've bought most of my, like, my last four or five graphics cards I've bought used. And I've gotten pretty good deals. Like, I got my, my 1080 Ti that I have in this machine yeah. here for, like, 500 bucks. Um, you know, so that's that's usually where I go. And, and graphics cards and CPUs are, are two components that I say, yeah, you can buy those used, and you're not going to encounter really many issues with them. Just remember yeah. to place, if, it, if it's running hot, replace the thermal paste, and you should be good to go. Um... Yeah. So, uh, lastly, an exciting uh, news for uh, sports games fans. 2K has managed to negotiate a deal with the NFL Players Association to acquire the rights to real NFL players and teams for their upcoming football games, which is huge because it hasn't been, it's been 15 years since EA and Madden had any competition with the NFL license. And many people consider uh, NFL 2K5 to be the greatest football game ever made. Uh, and Madden has been like shit ever since 2008. Mm -hmm. um, so the fact that there's competition once again in the market is a good thing for everyone. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I was very happy to see this, uh, this story pop up here. Because uh, sports games, they're, they're a guilty pleasure of mine, especially in these pandemic times where we haven't had a lot of sports. Uh, well, did you, I, I'm sure you've seen it. The um, the uh, I think it's the Phillies, I guess the the MLB team is using the uh, the crowd noises, the cheering and the applause and stuff like that from the game MLB the Show. Yeah, a lot as, of stadiums as, are doing that actually. Are, are there, I, the only one I heard was the Phillies, but I'm because I'm assuming a lot of them would do that to, uh, you know, show that. Yeah, pretty much give the appearance of an, an audience, but yeah, not really. Pretty much every stadium is piping in crowd noise. I don't know if it's from MLB the Show for all okay. of them, but like, well, the Phillies I know is is from MLB the Show. I just thought that was really cool. I, it's a smart idea too. Yeah, it's neat how they're doing some of it. It's just funny though. Like the Yankees were playing uh, Baltimore uh, this past week, and normally, normally uh, at Camden Yards, there's more Yankee fans than there are O's fans. So it was really weird mm -hmm. to not hear the crowd cheering when the Yankees were hitting home runs. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's interesting. If they'll like kind of make it, uh, uh, you know, if it's a home or away, if they make it just. They cheer more for one team or not? Or they, I wonder if they're 
gonna do. Yeah, they only the play time. cheers uh, when something you know happens for the home team. I haven't That's heard them funny. pipe in booze ever. Uh, yeah. I feel like that'd be a little bit mean. <laughs> Maybe, but if the the idea is realism, <laughs> I, I guess so. Yeah, you got to get a paid actor to run onto the field, <laughs> and just like streak on the field. <laughs> they just have a digital man. Just <laughs> oh wow, they stop in the game! Just release like a they cat just or have dog. A, have a field, CGI like, like Arnold Schwarzenegger sometimes. running naked release across the, the field. <laughs> There you go. Um, it's like Catch the Freeze, except Catch the Terminator. Yeah. Like they CG Arnold, like they had in Terminator Salvation. God, oh, that God. movie was terrible. <laughs> was that the one with Terminator the uh, opening salvo? With the, the one the Game of Thrones lady. I forgot what her name was. I don't know. But it had Christian Bale in it as John Connor, and oh. then uh, the war in the future was not like. At night and with purple rays lasers, it was like in Iraq with <laughs> conventional weapons. Yeah, why is the future always at night? Because they explained <laughs> that, Jake. Because you can move around at night. And oh yeah, not be detected as night. easily. <laughs> because most of the machines don't use infrared. The HKs do. That's so funny. Everything was at night. In the future, it's always night. Well, it's like kind of like uh, you know, in the Matrix, they they blacked out the sun yeah. to slow out the machines. <laughs> it's always that time in the future there too, man. Well, they're underground. The dark doesn't really mean dark, guys. <laughs> uh, do we have any uh, game reviews? Uh, not this week. I do have. I did watch the first episode of Muppets Now. Uh, I liked it pretty much kept all the same characterizations of the characters from the uh, ABC show that Peter and I were a big fan of. Um, First episode kind of setting things up uh, entertainment, entertaining segments still. But I I think that we're going to see better shows in the future from that, but still entertaining. Um, If you don't mind, I have I have I finished the Avatar uh, last season, last night, um, and I don't. I think I, I had missed when I was a kid. I missed like most of season three, but I watched like the finale. Uh, but I had watched that entire three seasons with uh, Kristen, just because I was like trying to get her into anime, and um, she enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Because I don't know, it Avatar is not really an anime, but it's a cartoon. It's a marime, uh, right? It's like yeah, it's 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 a little mix of both. Uh, it's got some adult themes to it. Uh, I I thought Avatar. I'm I'm a huge fan of Avatar: The Last Bender or Airbender and uh, Korra. Korra. The Last Bender. Korra, BB so. Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, so uh, season one, season two, season three, all fantastic seasons. Um, building up all the characters of Katara, Sokka, Zuko, Aang, uh, establishing relationships between Sokka and, and uh, certain other female characters. I won't give away too much uh, in, in case anybody wants to watch it on Netflix. Because... Um, huh? That's going to yeah. be me. I'm going to watch it yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, it, it's really funny. So, like, they had a lot of comedy that was, like, 
oriented towards kids, but they had a lot of themes that were oriented towards uh, adults. Uh, and I, I really appreciated that. And I think it was a message that probably could have been lost on some kids. Like, uh, you know, all life is sacred, you know, taking out the big bad guy in the end. It's like they had this inner turmoil of, of Aang being a pacifist. At, not a pacifist, but, um, you know, just treating all life as sacred. And even to the point where he's a vegetarian, so he'll take no life. And he had to, you know, contemplate with him because, like, his job was basically to kill uh, the most vile person in the world. And uh, he had to reconcile that. And he even had his, his old past lives telling him, do it so um do it it. i highly highly recommend this show uh it is a a really good depiction of what some american cartoonists can come up with uh in like the anime realm uh it it just it's just all Mm -hmm. around a very good show very good character development for each individual character i don't know if there was a weak character to be honest so i i really enjoyed it and great action scenes yeah, I don't think we're really uh, breaking any new ground here. I think it's yeah. one of the most praised cartoons, perhaps a little overpraised. I, I haven't gone back and watched it as an adult. I remember watching it as a kid and enjoying it, but thinking it was a little overhyped. Maybe maybe it's time I go back and revisit it. Um, but yeah, no, yeah I, like I, it's... I definitely got that feeling too. Like It's just like everybody loved it. And I, I watched Legend of Korra when I was an adult. And I'm like, it's it's good. It's not it's not anything. It's not moving, the same. But yeah. I thought it was it was okay. And, and just going back and watching Avatar, it uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. It, it was a mix of that nostalgia, but also an appreciation of just good writing and uh, uh, good character development. Yeah. You had Dave Filoni working a lot on it too, and you know he's some master at all that stuff. To me, a little bit like, and this is nothing against, and I hate when this happens because it it really kind of sounds like I'm hating on the creators of the show, but it's not their fault that the the fan base kind of evolves to be a little off putting. But Avatar is one of those the capital F fandom, as I like. Avatar is one of those shows where like every fucking girl on instagram or whatever like has like eight videos about you know oh how good the show is and this little detail is like this thing and it's like just dial it back a bit i i i'm not gonna tell you take about 20 i'm not gonna tell you you can't enjoy your show and you can't love your show that's fine but like the, Be a little less in your face about it. The, the they're very extra. I think I think the fans of Avatar: Last Airbender are like super extra, and they they see something, they pull like out a a very blatant like theme or motif that is trying to display like uh like Zuko's character arc, and it's like it's not a subtle character arc. He was bad, and then he turned good. <laughs> And he had this conflict within himself. And they're like, they're showing all the things that he did to show his character arc. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. You know where where else that happened? They tell you that. (laughs) 
Power Rangers. Like every fucking <laughs> evil ranger turned good has the same sort of character arc. Like there was a certain point where I think Zuko was just like, "Hey, I'm Zuko. I was bad, and now I'm good." <laughs> it's just like, yeah, that's basically it. He learned the error of his ways. Um, yeah. It went a little bit deeper into that, but it's not. It's not a very deep. Like you have to go digging for these themes, uh, which I'm I'm fine with. I think the, it's a kid show. It, it it's a kid show. That. It's a kid's show. It, if you're going to put themes like that in there, make it surface level so at least some of them can get it and the adults can be like, oh, yeah. I well, this is imparting that. a good lesson to my kid, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. All right. Well, the story. Be like Zuko. Let's, and uh, now let's, let's talk, talk about, about killer robots. Talk about something definitely not for kids. <laughs> uh, the Terminator. Uh, my relationship with the Terminator franchise, I don't know if I touched on this when we uh, talked about T2. But it actually stems from Universal Studios, or Universal Studios, yeah, Orlando. They have a uh, T2 in 3D attraction there, uh, which is like a little stage show leading into a, uh, a 3D, pretty impressive 3D considering the age of the attraction uh, bit from T2. And like, I, for a long time, when I was younger, didn't really... Uh, want have interest in terminator because i thought it was like a horror thing and it wasn't until my mother dragged me into the stage show after seeing it herself uh saying it would be right up my alley that uh i realized the error of my ways and i got permission which was rare for me before the age of 17 to watch these movies because they are both rated r and uh, my parents were strict on that. I could watch PG-13 movies from, like, the age of four onward, but R, that <laughs> line in the sand there. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, this really franchise I care deeply about, which is why I'm always so sad when the new Terminator movie comes out, <laughs> and it's terrible. Because <laughs> the first two were so good, and we watched T2 a while ago for uh, 90s winter. And just spent 45 minutes saying how it's, like, nearly the perfect action movie. And uh, so we don't do an 80s month. (laughs) So we got to sneak that. needed to sneak this in here somewhere. (laughs) And just, like, opportunity presented itself in pandemic times. We don't have a lot of new movies to talk about. So let's talk about a good one from the olden days. So I'll I'll kind of take a back seat Uh, and uh, interject uh, things here and there, and I'll let you guys talk about it more because my feelings on this movie are well known. Fair enough. Um, I I feel that this movie was, I think the best word I would use to describe this movie was um, either protean or potential. Uh, it is a it is a fine it's a fine movie, um, but looking at T two, seeing T two first before this. It's it's just clear to me in my head that they haven't things weren't locked down in terms of what they what they were going to do with it. Um, like, for example, uh, Arnold is the he's a good guy in the second one. And that makes so much sense when I see him in the first one, um, because this is he's ostensibly the villain. He's ostensibly a horror monster kind of thing. But he's he's just cool. He's just kind of cool. Yeah, right, right from the get-go, he, um, 
um, I, I say Keiko, not like the beginning of the movie, but more uh, his first interactions with people. Like he's he's meant to be. Uh, he takes on that that cool jacket. He's in that that stylized. So he's he's not your average uh, movie monster, which is which is really interesting because I, I do I liken this completely like a horror movie. It had a lot of the same tropes. Had a lot of the same tense and suspenseful moments where you have this unstoppable force that is just constantly moving towards you, which is what you see a lot in like older horror movies like Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, Alien. Um, yet it's shot, it's shot like a horror movie, but it has a lot of the tropes as like an action movie. Whereas, you know, he's shooting back and they're having these big, you know, gun battle scenes. You don't, you don't see a lot of those in traditional, uh, horror movies. And, and right from the get go, you also think that he's a cool character, uh, cause he's, he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's this big buff guy and you don't know a whole lot about him at the you know seeing this first view if you've never seen anything like it uh you're like okay this is i I don't know what he is uh you know he's this unstoppable force and then you find out later he is machine yeah Um, and i i was also in the market of i saw t2 before this uh, and this is the first time i've ever seen terminator and boy were the the CG and the special effects did not <laughs> age well. And that that's yeah. nothing really like super against the movie. The movie was made in 1984. Yeah. And, and we were trying to find certain movies that could like liken like what kind of special effects did they have access to? Um, and like Ghostbusters came out around that time. Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. Empire so Strikes like Back was the year before. Uh, what was it? Yeah, Empire Strikes right. Back. I think was Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, Okay, so so they had like some special effects. So you know, you kind of see. Okay, yeah, some of this was like lower budget. Uh, you know, if, if if Empire Strikes Back can make a whole movie where there are spaceships flying around and they look fluid, then there's there's no reason for the first scene in this movie to look the way that it did. Well, uh, but they just didn't put enough money into it. Yeah. I it's Although I will to... say he looks a little scarier when he is, a, he, when he is an animatronic um, face, he looks a little more like that robot. Um, then he, I like that scene where he's in the mirror. He's, he takes off his glasses. He pulls out his eye, which is it's quite good. Yeah. It's quite riveting. If you've, um, although I uh, will talk about this later in, in the context of the modern day, uh, I would also describe a lot of this movie as quaint, but that's that's a little later. Um, the, he takes off his eye, he takes off his head, he's cleaning that up, and it's like it's the animatronic face, and it's like ooh, ooh. and then he puts his glasses on, and it's back to him, and you're like ah. Yeah. I mean, it's important I have to uh, keep in mind that at the time, James Cameron was an unproven director. Like his biggest success before mm-hmm. this, like the biggest movie he worked on, was Piranha Two. Uh, and in fact, that's where he came up with the idea for this movie. He had like food poisoning or something, and it gave him a crazy dream where he was being uh, stalked by a, uh, like a robot skeleton with a knife. And that kind of gave him the idea for, for Terminator. Uh, and this movie was made for mm-hmm. $6.4 million, which even adjusted for inflation is a little under $16 million in 2020 dollars. So that's like low budget horror movie territory. You know, we talk about budgets a lot in the follow-up. So, like, well, 
things like The Empire Strikes Back were a thing. That was the sequel to one of the biggest movies ever in Star Wars. So mm-hmm. it had a lot of money you could put in the special effects. This was not as this is... fortunate, but because of the success yeah. of this, when they did the sequel, they had all the money in the world. And T2 yeah. was, at the time of its release, the most expensive movie ever made. Which is why its effects mm-hmm. hold up so well. Yeah, it's it makes me think of like Mad Max Fury Road, where people watch Mad Max, people knew what it was. But Fury Road just like, we're just going to put a big fucking topper on it and bring it up to the next level. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I we could we could start talking talking about. Yeah, I mean, things, this movie's but um, like 40 years old, almost like spoiler alert. But like, if you haven't yeah. seen it already, I don't even say spoiler. Just like we're just going to yeah. get into it. Um, the so the first one of the main thoughts that was running through my head through this movie, just regarding the story was it makes a lot more sense that this came about from a. Uh, like a being hunted type of dream um, that makes a lot of sense. I've had those dreams where you're like, there's just like, you know, like um, Mr. X from fucking Resident right. Evil 2, where it's just following you and it will not stop. It can't, nothing you can do to stop it. It's scary. Um, and I think, I think Terminator has done a lot for the context and the, the, the sphere of movies at this point where um, it's kind of like, reading Shakespeare is boring. Like, Shakespeare is cliche sort of deal, where it's so much of the vocabulary is inherited from it. Because, like, when I think about robot killers now, knowing what we know in 2020, you know, we're... <laughs> by the way, thanks John, thanks Sarah Connor for killing the Terminator in 1984 so that we're not fighting yeah. Skynet right now. She saved us. Um, but I think of, like robots now and i think of things like the um oh what's that fucking anti-plane thing that's just a giant tube with a gun on it and when it shoots it sounds like a fucking buzzsaw and it pinpoints uh the plane's trajectory perfectly and like makes the decision in a snap second goes and it just annihilates an entire array of it can like wipe out a fleet of planes in a second and you have like um you ever, if you've ever seen machines making a precise movement very quickly, and then I think about this movie and, like, he, you know, the Terminator's got to walk up and he's got to look around at a reasonable pace and he's got to aim and it's all. And so my my idea of what a modern robot killer could do is like way above what I when I what I see in this well, movie, you know, it didn't. So it, it made me think of it less as a robot and him as like a cool enforcer. Yeah, kind of guy. I like part of that, too. Like, I think they kind of did a decent job with the story and world building, uh, combating some of the arguments with that. Like they couldn't send their most complex machine back because of how the time portal works. Like only organic things can go back. So, I mean, Kyle even says they yeah. aren't too bright, and I'm I'm not trying to like make a knock on this. Like, if I don't know what people where people are at in terms of understanding um, robotics in 1984, like the common man, how much did they know about robots? Mm-hmm. Um, 
what was and what was the state of the art robot at the time? Yeah, you know? like a factory. It arm. was those. It was something yeah, along the lines of those. Arms, yeah. yeah, I mean, we saw that in the. That was a cool ending scene. I really like that scene. That whole, it, it yeah. showed this kind of two sides of you know where they where they were and where they come in. Uh, will be forty years or something like that. Yeah, I re- forty years later it goes to this. I feel like. Um, even in today's lexicon, like, you know, Peter, you called it like quaint. Uh, but I, I still think in terms of story and world building in an action film, like Terminator, even Terminator 1 does it better than I'd say 80 to 89 percent of movies that come out today. Yeah. By quaint, I literally meant a robot, the robot killer that was portrayed oh, okay. in this movie. But. As a as a thing that has to walk and drive and look things up in a phone book, I they explained that. But when I saw, I'm like, is to look it up in a phone book? But that's yeah. And, it's know, still and a- I flash forward to like facial recognition, gate recognition, where they can see you from a satellite in space and they can fucking hunt you yeah. down wherever you are. Modern technology is really fucking is. scary, guys. I don't know it if was, you know that. Yeah. I, I like that. It was really cool because you're like, yes, that's how a robot program to kill someone named sarah connor would go about it he'd find all the sarah connors in the los angeles area and go through them one by one until they were all dead yeah Mm -hmm. and it gives Uh, us a good setup yeah it it Um, was a very simple setup i mean very simple to the point we're like all right well we have this supposed serial killer they 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 think it's a serial killer it has a pattern so they're like all right next logical choice would be this next sarah connor let's get her in here and protect her uh, which I mean sets mm-hmm. up each individual scene to be it's really a, really cool um, as they're trying to escape. It's an engaging yeah. act one, um, and and yeah, I I, I really liked it. Um, maybe maybe my only downside was the uh, I don't know. It's I think they did an okay job with the exposition because they like they molded that in with. Um, flashbacks and and explaining how the how the world was back then by showing you a little bit more um you know it, the movie i think had a lot so, to do it had a lot of things that it had to yeah, accomplish and it, it tried to explain uh this this entirely new world in 40 years uh in just a small amount of time so they had to fit a lot of exposition and the way they did that was a nice a blend of showing you in flashback scenes and also telling you like, okay, we spotted them with dogs um, and you see the dogs first uh, and you're like, why are they there? And then they, you're told, Oh, okay. All right. I'm and the, waiting for and the it dogs comes back crazy. several times when they're at the motel, it's, there's a dog mm-hmm. out front and that tips them off that the Terminator's there. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, yep. Sarah Connor has a dog with her so she can mm-hmm. Be, pay, yeah. good payoffs be protected yeah. yeah it's it's good little nods like there like here and there it's also small things i i noticed throughout the movie that they kept on they they kept up with like continuity um one of the first things i noticed was uh they mentioned that he's real flesh real real blood real hair just around a metal uh skeleton and one of the things they showed that was when he blew up the car uh, and then the Terminator jumped through the fire on the car. He burned off his eyebrows. Yeah. And he didn't yeah. have eyebrows for and the that's... rest of the movie. Now, it made him look surprised at all times, which was weird. But, oh. <laughs> you know, they, they kept up with it. It made him look a little scary. 
not to say that people without eyebrows are scary, but in the context of he's also a, like a, a ruthless killer, you're like, oh, he's getting less human. Yes. He's getting a little less human. And it's a natural buildup. To the reveal of, um, yeah. I will also say we were talking about showing and telling uh, before we get off of it too far. There's the scene where they're in the car and uh, Kyle is explaining it all to Sarah. And normally, I th- I'm maybe they could do it if I, I I'm I'm interested to see what this James Cameron would do with present day James Cameron's yeah. money and what he would do differently. But anyways, so there's the scene where they're in the car hiding and Kyle just fucking dumps the entire lore of the future onto Sarah. Now, part of me, part of that's like, okay, it's an exposition dump. But I think they adapted it well because then she has to go to the police station and the fact that we don't see any of it disconnects us from how real it is. It plants that seed of doubt. You put yourself in Sarah Connor's shoes where she just heard him just say all this shit to her. Like, talk about these robots and these things, and the focus is on them, their conversation, and not on what he's actually showing her or what we're mm-hmm. actually seeing. So, when you hear him, like, you hear him talk about all this stuff, and maybe you're like, okay, I get it because I saw there's a metal man here. So, I yeah. totally believe him, but then they take him to the station, and you repeat that in the context of now he's in a witness room and a psychologist is interviewing him, and it all sounds really fucking yeah. insane. Yeah. Like, I think it's a nice. nice little trick. That's and a nice, it's a neat little like we move. know that it's true and real because as the audience, we see the future in the beginning. And we mm-hmm. see, you know, the Terminator come back and, you know, that he is, in fact, a machine mm-hmm. and all that. But, yeah, I think it's good that, you know, it works for the context of the movie for like Sarah Connor's like personal arc where, yeah, like. To her, she has two insane people following her around. She's kidnapped by one of them who claims to be there to protect her, but she has no idea of knowing this. He's dumping all this crazy shit about nuclear holocaust and fucking killer robots and, you know, this horrible future that she is, Mm -hmm. you know, the sole hope (laughs) for. And she's apparently supposed to train her son her unborn son. Her unborn son. <laughs> yeah. To, you're, imagine getting told that you you have to train your unborn son to become a war hero, and this this uh, this and you become a war hero, and you're like, no, I'm a I'm and a that's in I'm a four, fucking waitress. I'm, <laughs> I'm a waitress. Yeah, I'm a waitress at a at a diner. I'm just your your average average person, and uh, yeah, I, I I liked a lot of the the parts about the, all that giving that. That counterpoint between uh, the the psychologists and the other cops, it's like, okay, you can sympathize where they're coming from because they're hearing this for the first time and they're like, this is fucking ridiculous, and and then they then they rationalize it for her, so they get her on their side to an extent, and she's like, how did he punch through the window, and these authorities are telling her, oh, PCP, like the, the, yeah, he would he would not even feel his broken bones, so. That's something understandable. Drugs are mm-hmm. just giving him crazy durability. Uh, even though she's like, I just, I don't think PCP helps with five shotgun time. shells to the chest. But 
Yeah. At the same time, we in the audience are like, no, you're stupid. He's going to come for you. And that's where you have the obnoxious people in the theater like, watch out behind you. My trap. (laughs) The doctor, the psychologist, look right there. He's right in front of you. And I love love that it's the same Dr. Silverman in the the second sequel. Yeah. And And he still doesn't understand her. (laughs) It's not until he sees the T-800 and the T-1000 right in front of him that he finally believes that she's telling yeah. the truth. And, and it makes you wonder mm-hmm. if he had waited like a minute and seen this car drive through the, the PlayStation and seen the carnage and seen the the man just shake off, just getting shot in the back by, you know, an assault rifle multiple times. It's like maybe he would have believed that. Yeah. But I'll, also, while we're at the police station... Um, this will, this is also a good transition. I never understood the like the context of the "I'll be back" line. I thought it was just a generic like "I'll be back, I'll be back for you," asshole. But like, it's kind of a fucking comedy line where he's like, Go, "Come back later, all right? You can't come in right now. She's busy. She's making a statement." He's like, he just fucking eyes up the entire security. He's like, "All right, I'll be back," <laughs> I'll be back. and he fucking runs a truck through the police yeah. station. I laughed. I did not think that that was like a comedy one-liner, oh, like a like. There, a, there's so much like misconception because, like, I also thought uh, the "Come with me if you want to live" was the Terminator line, but that's only from the second movie. Does he say that in T2? He does. He says it to John Connor. Okay. In T2. Oh yeah, they, and that's why, like, one of the reasons why, and it's 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 tough to appropriately convey this, which is why I'm glad that when wa- I'm watching it with Diane, we watched T1 first because. Uh, if you watch them in chronological order, it makes Terminator 2 so much more brilliant because you don't know who the hero of the story is until they collide. You know Arnold from the first movie as the bad guy, and you're like, oh, shit. You know, he's back. He's going to get John Connor. And then this other guy who's dressed as a cop, you know, you think he's here to to Mm. save him. And they, they play with your expectations based on what you know about the characters. And it just it makes it so much more brilliant uh, how they crafted that story. You know, and one thing I never I never thought of, and I, I, I knew it just because I knew that, you know, Arnold was the bad guy in, in Terminator 1. Uh, but it never really hit as hard as it should have in T2 when Sarah Connor's first sees the terminator coming back to save her but she doesn't know that so all she sees is this threat from 15 more years ago coming back Mm. to get her and she's losing her goddamn mind you know this nightmare is now finally going to get her yeah and she and and she doesn't yeah. trust him. And, I, and I'm like, why don't you just trust him? He's there to save you, obviously. But, like, I get it. You were chased down for, like, days. And he killed your... The, killed your mother. Knew, the finish. Your love. Yeah. Killed your, your, the father of your child. Yeah, Which, yeah. So I I totally get it now. I, some, I get it so much more. I, I It resonates more with me is what, what I want to get at. On the other hand, there's a, there's a little bit of cheese in this movie. It gets a little cheesy. What? Let's say some of the some of the fuck like 
I get the love arc, but I didn't. I didn't believe that love arc. It was I don't know. Hard. Yeah, it was. A, it was James Cameron's sappy Titanic. Like he was about to make Titanic. Soon. Yeah, he was gonna make Titanic in thirteen years. In a couple <laughs> movies. I'm. Yeah, who knows? Maybe. Maybe she was. Uh, maybe she was a virgin. Well, like I understand. Yeah, they, like adrenaline's a fucking a hell of a drug. Like they didn't know each other long, but they were in a very intense situation. Oh, I don't even care about the scenario. Just the actual dialogue of like. Oh, you poor soul! You're so uh, hurt and alone. But like, it's just the the dialogue choice. I was like, the, all right, fucking, fucking tighten it up there, Casanova. Yeah, and I, I put, it is put, get another editor on little, this shit. It is a little it's odd a, that like all their dialogue was just like, okay, here's here's how fucked up the future is. Here's what we had to do to survive. Here's how you survive. Uh, and him like kind of teaching her more in like a mentor role. And then, and then he just dumps on her randomly, like when they're getting emotional. Like I love you. Like I had this picture of you, and I would stare at it. That that was creepy to me. I was like, oh, that's a little skis. Well, that's but a little skis. it had to happen that way yeah, because yes. of how the timeline is woven. John Connor had to make sure that Kyle Reese fell in love with Sarah Connor so that he could be born. Yeah, yeah, because her 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 mm-hmm. mom, her Sarah Connor told John that Kyle Reese, you're gonna have to send him back in time because he's your father, which is weird because she's. Yeah. I mean, tells it doesn't like, but it doesn't not make me wince when he like some of the lines he well, delivers. Yeah, I mean, you have to uh, figure like how much human interaction and romantic capacity has he had in his life? He's been fighting for survival the entire time. Like. Mm-hmm. I also chalk some of it up to just eighties, because yeah. in the beginning with Ginger and and his and her boyfriend, that fucking skeezy call he gives her, like, and it's the eighties. Everyone was fucking like language was foul. And and when she that left was, the apartment and she sees Matt and she he spooks her, he he goes in and he kisses her cheek and like, I don't know, I I don't kiss. Kristen's friends on the cheek when I see them leave. <laughs> I don't know. It's like you just don't do that. You know, personal I mean, well, yeah, the kiss hello was a COVID. was a thing back then, but it's really not yeah. anymore. And neither is the peanut butter and ham mayo sandwich with celery. You know. What the with fuck was she making glass in that kitchen? Milk. The tall oh my god. Uh my my biggest issue with this movie um was that we never really found out what happened to her pet. Iguana. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was dropped. Uh, I, I don't. Uh, Does he come I back in the second one? Pugsley ever being in the second <laughs> Terminator. <laughs> Fucking set him up and then they just dropped yeah, him. Really, really thought he was a dog. Uh, find out he's an iguana. Subvert <laughs> your expectations. Yeah. There was a cute thing when when I liked the joke. It wasn't a joke, but it was like, a, oh, I, I see what you're doing. But it's I mean, clever when I, she's like. Oh, I tricked you. You're talking to a I guess machine that's, when she's on her. I guess machine. that's the entire point of the movie. You know, divert your uh, subvert your expectations. You think you think a man is sent back in time to uh, this this man looking thing is sent back in time uh, to kill you, but he's not a man. He's he's actually he's not what you think it is. He's, a, he's actually <laughs> he's a, woman. a woman. He's gender he's machine, gender fluid machine. The T one thousand is the yeah, gender honestly, fluid. Honestly, I mean, really, it's a gender fluid alloy. <laughs> when you think about it, <laughs> yeah, did did chip gender several times it, in that movie? 
He's non. He has non-binary gender. He's a gender fluid, machine fluid. <laughs> so uh, they they're chased, they're pursued. They end up at a motel where they make some pipe bombs, and that's where the climax. And some love. And some love. They make they make some pipe bombs <laughs> and and the savior of the future, uh, in the same evening. And then the Terminator, <laughs> having killed Sarah's mom and contacted her from the cabin, uh, to get the name of the hotel that they were staying at comes to kill them. They're tipped off by the dog. And then in the biggest action set piece in the movie, they do the car chase with the pipe bombs and they end up at this factory owned by da, 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 Cyberdyne Systems. Um, and Gasp. they manage to defeat the Terminator. Uh, Kyle sacrifices himself by like deadening a pipe bomb when he's like on top of the Terminator uh, but it doesn't quite do the job. It's still crawling. Sarah had her leg fucking impaled by the explosion, mm -hmm. so she's crawling away and manages to crush the Terminator in a hydraulic pr press, and uh, she gets wheeled out of there. We have some kind of vicious animal. We <laughs> must take care of it. It's fucking... Well, that was 2016, right? It was hydraulic press channel, and we are number one. <laughs> Or memes. Um, yeah, but uh, parts of the Terminator survive, and ironically, it's reverse engineering the technology, as we see in T2, that built Cyberdyne Systems up into the company yeah. that would eventually create Skynet. So it's funny when John says, tells Kyle to tell Sarah that the future is not set, and that's a bunch of bullshit, because all these events have to happen in order for the mm -hmm. future to progress the way that it does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. they, and they play it again in T2 with no fate, but what yeah, we make. And they do, in my canon at least, avert Judgment Day in yeah. T2. Um, and they. Well, now, now this makes me want to watch the uh, the newest one. <sighs> sort of Basically, Dark Fate. Dark Fate it, spoilers for Dark Fate. Um, they kill John Connor in like the first five minutes with just another random Terminator that they send back, which doesn't make any fucking sense because not only did they destroy future Skynet and T2, but the machines were losing. That's why they made the whole time portal in the first place. Yeah. It was, it was a, a last, last gasp. That's why a lot of these other Terminator sequels don't work. Yeah. Um, and they tried with Dark Fate, well, they, they, but they, they basically just, they shifted Sarah Connor to be this, this new girl, and then it, it was basically T2 changed slightly to be more woke, and it, it wasn't great. I don't think you can fit any more than the two time plots they had. You really the, can't. And T2 franchise. itself is kind of like loose. It's like, when did they send back this other Terminator? And when did they reprogram the other one? That's kind of like a fuzzy thing in the plot timeline, too. But, mm -hmm. I mean, it works well enough because it's like, okay, yeah, sure, maybe they sent... Maybe they, they held out for another few years and were able to send back another Terminator. Um, But, you know... Terminator 3 where they're just like, oh, yeah. Judgment Day is inevitable. Here, here's two new types of Terminators. And then Salvation, which was less said about that, the better. Yeah. And then 
Don't even <laughs> mention Terminator Genesis to me. John Connor's a Terminator. What if Skynet was an app? <laughs> Fucking. Never talk to me or my son. Again. Yeah, for real. Yeah, so that's that's Terminator One. So, uh, really yeah. good foundational piece, and then just very impressive that an already good movie had a sequel that was just so objectively better in every capacity. Um, really makes T two all the more impressive, in my opinion. Yeah. All right, so that's mm. gonna wrap it up. Uh, check back at eight. PM Eastern Standard Time, Twitch TV, backslash Siren Studs. We'll be streaming uh, something, probably Borderlands or or some such thing. Uh, could switch it up. Who knows? We're unpredictable. Uh, what is predictable is that uh, SirenStuds.com has all the links to our social media and YouTube channels. Um, you can find our stuff there. And uh, we come out episodes every Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern. So uh, stick around. We might be soon doing a video version of the podcast. Um, And uh, so that will be up on YouTube. But we will always be available in audio on your podcasting platform of choice. And if we aren't on there, uh, email us at sentencedoes at gmail.com. And we will work to get our show up on, on your preferred podcasting platform. But chances are we're there. Mm-hmm. All right. Until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye-bye.